I like to share with men and women, but because this is women's meeting, men just listen. You're here, right? You don't have a choice. And I can't imagine all of them women. That was incredible. That's so good. Do you know how to follow a preacher? You can do that. You can just go up and high and low and just move like that. Praise God. I'm just going to act like I've known them forever. Is it fine to do so? And our family friend, Joseph Thompson, happens to be their friend too. So I am home. If I do anything wrong, forgive me in advance. I may step on your toes. Are we ready? Come on, just lift those hands to him. Yeah! Because the Spirit of God is what? It's one. But I'm here just to reiterate it so that I can reinforce it. And I believe that God will help us in the name of Jesus. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. To work it and to take care of it. The Lord God took the man 
and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to tend it, and to take care of it. You say, oh, but that's the man. No, he's not the man. Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God, the Elohim said to God, let us therefore make man in our own image after our own likeness. In verse 27, it says, in the image of God created he him. And said, male and female created he them. So he blessed them in verse 20 and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So when God put the man in the garden of Eden to walk it and to tend it, he actually put all of us there. So, if you want to be empowered, if you want to be equipped, you need to understand what work means. You need to know and learn how to do what? Work. To work, to tend, to keep. First Thessalonians chapter 4. It says, work with all diligence. Let's look at um, chapter 4. I don't want to read all of it. First Thessalonians 4. Let's start from verse uh, let's start from verse 10 and a half. <laughs> Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters. I did I deliberately want us also to do to see the brothers and sisters because a lot of times women tell me, you know, they quickly cost for me. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Any man that cannot take care of his home is worse than an infidel. They're so quick to quote that scripture. And I, I'm so quick to debunk it. Because that scripture is not talking to the male man. Work is not the exclusive of the man. Any human being. So let's look at First Thessalonians chapter 4. We urge you, I'm looking at verse 10 halfway now. We urge you brothers and sisters. Somebody say brothers and sisters. So here, Paul had been talking to the church in Thessalonica. So he ended in verse 10 saying, this is what we are saying. We are saying to the brothers and to the sisters. Now verse 11. I said, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands. Just as we told. Somebody say, work with your hands. So that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. Mind your own business. Work with your hands so that your daily life may win the admiration of outsiders. May gain the respect of outsiders. And so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Work with your hands diligently so that your daily life can gain the respect of others and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. Somebody say work. If a long time, culturally, culturally, we have been made to believe that the woman's work is in the home. And truly so. The way nature is also made, has made us. In the, in the agrarian society, the, the husband goes to the farm. He goes to hunt. He goes to do all those things, and when he's coming back, he's coming back with his antelope, he's coming back with his uh, cassava, he's coming back with his jam. And when he's coming back, he's coming to meet the woman who had been waiting. 
When the man is coming, the woman will be hailing him from afar. Akomwa, akomwo. Olowori mi yo. Odogunaya. He'll be hailing him. He is not hailing him because the man is fantastic. He's hailing his meal ticket. So before the first world war, men did that. And the women were kind of um, made to believe that that was all they were good for. Just to make babies, convert the produce to finished product, and that was it. And the lazy friend of Akomu, that is hanging out on the window, will say, ah, if I give Akomu my daughter, that means automatically I will get some things too. He will give Akomu. That's how polygamy started. It was meal ticket. It also tallied with the libido, with the high libido of the man. But the time came after the first and the second world war. The men went to war. And all the things that the men were doing, women now had to do them. They now realized that those chores were not gender specific. But by the time they came back, it now became a chore. That was the beginning of feminism. That's when they start saying, what a man can do, a woman can do better. Fa, fa, fa. What a man can do, a woman cannot do. What a woman can do, a man cannot try it. Have you ever told a woman eh, to be pregnant at the same time to cook? At the same time to do school runs, at the same time to manage business, at the same time to do something. Even as with your pregnancy, your sister-in-law came in with her own baby. You are changing the diaper. Ask a man to do it. And his friend calling him at that time. He just said, Come back, come back. There's a situation. He said, What situation? It's not to cook or crawl to change diaper at the same time. He said, There's a situation. So don't stop comparing. The Bible says they that compare themselves with themselves, they are not what? So don't ever try to evaluate what you are doing and then wait on that pedestal. No, 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 no. I've not started preaching. I'm just laying the ground rules. A man in America was earning $25 an hour and he would come home. And once he steps home like this, the wife will now give the baby to him. And the man said, no, I've gone to work all day. I earn $25 an hour. What have you been doing? And the woman felt really bad. What you're saying is that what I've been doing all day from morning till night is nothing. And then they went to a marriage counselor. And the marriage counselor said, let us now put to pen to paper. Woman, what have you been doing all day? He said, okay, I wake up in the morning by 6 a.m. And I have to get my children ready. He said, how much would you charge for that? He said, $7 an hour. They write it down. He said, to get, I mean, laundry done for the week, I had to do that. How much do you charge? I said, $5 an hour. Write that down. By the time they compute all the things the woman was doing, it came to $40 an hour. And the man was earning how much? $25 an hour. So they now read the consensus. The woman said, what can we swap? Why don't you stay at home? And let me see if I too can earn $25. The man stayed at home for two weeks. After two weeks, he knelt down and said, please. I am okay. Let me be the one going outside. If I continue like this, doing this work, I will run crazy. What I'm trying to say is this. Work 
is work. And we must respect each person for what they have to offer. I said we are incomplete without the task of work. Whether blue collar, white collar, outside the home, inside the home. The task for us as Christians is seen in the context of God's overall plan. He that does not work must not eat. That's what the Bible says. That is why it is very wrong for you to be a loafer. But we all must be able to define work in a way that it does not allow us to be dependent. I'm going to tell you two stories today. I will start from the story of the Japanese housewives and then I will go to the story of Jael. The Japanese housewife, traditional Japan community, a woman works until when she gets married. Immediately you get married, their culture says your place is in your husband's house. So for a long time, the women were in the homes. But when poverty, you know poverty, it doesn't, it doesn't, average. it's not a respecter of person. Hey, you don't, you don't know that thing. Oh, you don't know poverty. Ah! Oh. <laughs> a little slumber, a little sleep. <laughs> Your poverty will come upon you like armed bandits. <laughs> ah! Hey, poverty, when he comes there, eh, you will take her. Uh, what is happening now in the world called America? When the people like Mike Tyson, they are taking their $3 million gold bathtub. And they are now selling it on auction. It is called the brother of poverty. When the real poverty comes itself, he will take his designer boxers. He will now take his t-shirt and say, I'm anything for the boys. How much can you pay? That is the way poverty shows up. It starts small, small. You understand? You will start first of all sell that your house. I say, who, who even needs this ourselves? Then you will move on. By the time you are finished selling all your property, you go to your father's property. Then you start fighting, you become a monile. That's what poverty does to people. Is somebody following me? So when that thing showed up in Japan and that poverty here, eh, it doesn't understand race, culture, height, gender, whether you are fat or slim, it just comes like that. It comes like the air and it flows in. When that thing went to Japan, then the women wise up. They now said to themselves, if culture says we must stay in the house, what then shall we do? They became online marketers. In their homes, they started turning things around. In a few years, they became multi-millionaires that they were able to employ their husbands. What I'm trying to say is this. There are some things that have limited us, culture and tradition. But the church, the Bible says the church is the pillar and the foundation of truth. And there is one thing that makes the word of God of none effect. The Bible calls it what? The traditions of men. So one thing we should do is dissect in our brain and remove what is culture, what is tradition and what is the word of God. And when the word of God comes, take it. Sometimes it rocks your boat. But you need to take it all the same. You know, I was on radio, 92.3 Inspiration on Friday. And then I was talking about men and women as equal. Ha! And my men, brothers, they came. Say, hey, this woman, we love you. We love you. But this one that you have touched. They say, this one is wrong. I said, from Genesis to Revelation, there is nowhere that Bible says that man and woman are equal now. I say, okay. Tell me which verse 
And as you say from Genesis to Revelation, he said, they are just not equal. I say, I understand now. Tell me how. So sometimes the software running your brain is actually not correct. But because it has been passed down from generation to generation, we don't know. Apollos was so good. But when he got to Priscilla and Aquila, they said, Mm-mm, what you know is limited. Let us teach you the word of God in a more excellent way. So it's important for us to open up our hearts to the word of God and see. So I'm talking about no more limits. So for the women today, I want you to open up yourself to possible. Someone say possibilities. I said, I'm going to tell you two stories. The story of the Japanese um, housewives and the story of Jael in the Bible. How many people have heard of, of Jael before? Jael was living in a time when women were supposed to be seen and not to be heard. But all through scripture, we would see God still bringing out women. Even in those times. In the times when a, a woman is just left in the level of a slave or a, at best a child. A woman was treated as a property. But at that time, God raised a prophet, Deborah. And when Barak went to Deborah, by the word of the Lord, Deborah said to him, you have to go to war because God has ordained that you will win. He said, unless you go with me. Deborah said, if I go with you, then the glory will go to a woman. Because God was setting up a woman. There's a woman being set up here today. You are like the Jael of our season and the Jael of our time. Who was Jael? She was a housewife confined to the four walls of the house. But she was so much there that she knew everything about what was there. I want to say to someone here, whatever you have been through, whatever you are going through, make sure you take something from that thing. Because the season of our adversity and the season of our pain is not a wasted time in the life of a human, of a, of a human being. That season is the incubator for your next level. The author of our salvation was perfected to pain. Jesus had to be subjected to being an ordinary son of a carpenter for 30 years. So that he could be prepared for his three years assignments. So if you sit down where you are and you are complaining. Hey, chop one, you no do. My husband is this. In fact, I don't You are just complaining. But when you look around where you are and say, God, there is no limit on my life. Jacob was in the house of Laban. He was swindled. His wages were changed 10 times. He had to serve for 20 years. But a time came, he cried to the Lord. And the Lord appeared to Jacob in a dream and said, this is the way to go. When you cry to the Lord, when you stop complaining, when you say, God, I know in whom I believe and I know my redeemer live it. God, I know that you have tattooed my name in the palm of your hands and you are daily thinking of how to do me good. And the thoughts that you have towards me, they are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me a future and a hope. So, show me Lord. God is interested. There is a purpose for your life. There is a reason that you have been made. Let me tell you, spirit has no gender. Before God, there is no male, there is no female, there is no Greek, there is no Jew. When God said, let us make man in our own image. If, it's, if we are all in the image of God, we should all look alike now. But the image of God that we have is the spirit of God inside of us. So wherever you are, whatever you are doing, you can connect with that God. He is your maker. And I don't care how long you've been in that situation. It is still an incubator. God works all things together for your good. Because you are the one that loved God 
and you are the called according to his purpose. So let's look at the story of Jael in Judges chapter 4 and 5. You can read Judges chapter 4, 17 to 21 when you get home. But let me read the summary of it in Judges chapter 5. This is Deborah now saying, Most blessed of women, that is Judges chapter 5 verse 24. Most blessed of women beguile the wife of Heber the Kenites. Most blessed of tent dwelling women. I'm talking to tent dwelling women today. He asked for water, she gave him milk. How did Jael know that milk can be a good tranquilizer? It must have been that she's been used to making milk. And maybe probably whenever she gave her husband milk or her children or visitors, they just always doze off. We don't know what happened. But why did he ask for water? And then she gave him what? Milk. A bowl fit for nobles. She brought him cuddled milk. A hand reached for the tent peg. Now, in those days, they lived in tents. Is either she was the one making the tent or she had seen the men making the tent so much that she knew that if you sharpen the edge of the wood like this, it has another assignment. Immediately the man slept, he took the tent peg and took a hammer and he knew where the heart was. He didn't go to school, but he had studied biology. Or probably when the, you know, when the husband was touching her in the night, he was, he was hearing some beat. So he said, maybe that thing that makes someone alive, he must be on the left hand side. Something told us something. I'm saying this to tell you something. Take notice of the things around you. Because your breakthrough will not come from outside. It comes from within you. A lot of times we are waiting for help somewhere. 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 Hey, I will lift up my eyes to the hills because there's nothing on the hill. When you lift it up, what do you do again? God sends the help, but he sends it to you. As long as you are seeking your help from the hands of people, you are impoverished and you will always be at their mercy. That help will come from God to you. Now, when God wants to use people, that is God's prerogative. You can't determine that. I'm still reading the story of Jael. She struck Sisera, she crushed his head, she shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank, he fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, he fell. Where he sank, there he fell, dead. She was just an ordinary housewife. But she took the crown for Israel on that day. I'm saying this to say to someone who's going to tell me, you know, you don't understand, I was married from the village. My brother has a big shop in Alaba. And my husband, and I am just supposed to sit down and make his food. I'm not here to come and disrupt, you know, the order of your home, but I'm here to tell you, First Thessalonians chapter 4 says to you, walk with your hands so that your daily life can win the admiration of others. A man told his wife, you must not walk, and the wife did not walk. And then our daughter, the, the, the man's daughter wanted to get married at 26, and he brought, she brought the friends home. And the man sat them down and said, I will consent to this marriage on one condition. That you will never tell my daughter not to marry and not, not to work. And then the wife busted into tears. That you mean? You told me not to work. And now you are saying that your son-in-law must not stop your daughter from working. A lot of times, when we are told not to work, we actually don't want to work. Because if you really want to work, no one can stop you from working. You just need to know how to manage what you're doing to ensure that everything is balanced. 
And there's one good thing about a woman. God has given us so much grace, so much capacity. Because we know how to multitask and to make things to fall into place. So there's no woman here that should be limited by culture, by circumstance, by the dictations of anybody not to do what they desire to do. There's pleasure and joy in working. There's a fulfillment and self-confidence that come upon you when you're able to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then when you stretch your capacity, you actually find out that you have the capacity for more. So many of us are still underperforming. So we need to step up. Tell your neighbor, step up. I want to share with you six or seven or so things to remove the limit of your life. Number one, open yourself up to possibilities. Matthew chapter 19 verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are what? All things are possible. There is no doomsday and there is no time that is too old for you to start. There is no time. Even if you did not go to school, success does not necessarily have to speak English. You can still do something with your, with your level. But if you must go to school, by all means, go. Right now, we have online courses. We have open universities. If you think that is limiting you, take the limit off. Open yourself up to possibilities. You have the power and the responsibility to find that place inside of yourself where everything is possible. You have what it takes to say to yourself, I can succeed. There is therefore no limitation for me. I can do all things. Let's make the word of God come alive in our situation and say it is possible. I know a woman who did not graduate as a, I mean, who, who was not a graduate, but said to herself, all my children will be graduates. And I watched that woman until she died. The last child had to go to the university, I mean, became a graduate after 12 years. Could not make it through jam, went through NCE. Instead of three years in college of education, spent six years. Now, get wanting to the university, direct entry. Instead of three years, spent another six years, um, another three years, making six years. So to get a first degree that would ordinarily have taken four years, he spent 12 years. But he got there. So come to a conclusion that whatever you decide you want to make happen, God will make it happen. Because whatever you bind on earth is already what? Bound in heaven. So open your heart to possibilities that you can do it. Whatever you can conceive, that is what you will make happen. You want to have it before you can own it. It doesn't work that way. You have to see it possible before you can own it. So open yourself to possibilities. Number two, focus on who you are. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10. Do not say, why were the old days better than these? For it is not right to ask such questions. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. You can never be like me because I don't desire to be like you. So who are you? What are you good at? Don't celebrate other people's gifting at the expense of your own. And I want to say this to parents. A lot of times we compare our children and we want A to be like B. My own older brother, he was so brilliant. He had never come second. Ah, I've never come first tonight. I can't even remember my position. They are always in double digits. And towards the end, towards the end, 
I was such a truant. But you know, all those children that when the father goes to school, all the principal, teacher, everybody will be greeting you because he will win all the prizes. I've never won any prize though. But Jesus died for me too. Because there are 40 people in the class and your son is 39th position and you are beating him. That position is it for goats? That position is also for who? For human beings now. Because I, I just keep wondering. You know, let me tell you this. Don't tell people in my church. About a few weeks ago, I was going through my file. When my father died, 2004, I took my file. We all had files. I took my file home. So about a month ago, I was looking for some documents. So I saw my file. And I saw my result. I said, hey, if my children see, <laughs> if they see this result, they'll say, mom. I said, the best thing, let me just take this thing and tear it. Because I cannot guarantee that they will not see the results. I didn't pass them. School sat, I had four C6, three P7, and one F9. It's, it's, it's fair. Ah, it's not good. If I tell you my brother's results, <laughs> he had A, A in all subjects except French. He was the best student in physics, chemistry, biology, further maths, uh, maths. Then, in that school, you had to choose between French and Yoruba. He was the best in French, he was the best in Yoruba. So they allowed him to do both French and Yoruba. So, and I was the one following after him. He's one year, five months older than me. So, you can imagine the pressure they put on me. But I want to tell you something. My father didn't believe I could succeed. Because, I mean, look at, the, look at the gap now. Look at the gap. And he said to me, you will not go to school. Just stay where you are. And he was busy looking for a husband for me. That you need to just, just ah, my, I'm a chronic Egyptian woman. Away mommy. At 16. I've never known a man. Are you in a situation where nobody believes in you? Even the people that you're supposed to look up to. They don't have confidence in what you're supposed to become. But the perfect will of God cannot be changed. So my father was like, you know what? Let her go to the school of nursing. Because in the school of nursing, from the moment you enter, they start giving you level four allowance. And then after three years, you start getting level seven. So at least you don't have to waste my money. He was ready to give everything he had. To my, to my brothers. I was the only girl. I had, four bro I had four brothers. And that was the circumstance that gave birth to me. I'm saying this. When I'm preaching, I preach my life. I want you to understand this. There is no limit on your life and there is nothing that can stop you. My father was a, was a typical man. Maybe that is why I go about trying to tell women nothing can stop you. So I couldn't do anything because I was a child and I kept doing it. My mom, my, mom, my mom was smart a bit. She was able to wangle me into A-levels. So I got into A-levels and um, I did lower six. But my father became smarter, took me out of lower six. She said, go into lower six, redo your GC so you can make up to five credits. 
And I did. And I did make the five credits. But my father would not allow me. It didn't even, in those days, when you go to the polytechnic, except you're going for basic studies, if you go to the polytechnic, as in for OND, HND, you're looked down on. He wouldn't let me go to the polytechnic. I would have celebrated him. He said I should go to technical college. Technical college was lower than a grade two. My mom was like, we now figured out. He just wanted me to go to any school where he didn't have to pay school fees. So my mom was able to get a federal college of education. I got to the school. I was barely 16. I finished school at 15. I had migraine. I was anemic. I had ulcer. Every day I would be crying. Because it, it, it didn't meet my kind of upbringing, my setup. But my father was steep in tradition. I want to say this to someone today. It does not matter. And let your life be like the life of Joseph. Whatever they are doing to you, forgive them. Because they do not know what they are doing. They did not do it because they wanted to harm you. They didn't know better. So don't wallow yourself in self-pity. But in the midst of that predicament and adversity, the Lord found me. I gave my life to Christ as a teenager. Then I started crying to God. But And then every time you're going through hard time, God would always put a support near you. My maternal grandfather, she was a very, very rich and wealthy man. And the school they sent me to was in Abe Okuta. So my maternal grandfather would come, come in his Mercedes Benz every Sunday to greet me. Gave me money every day, but money could not solve my problem. I needed more. I needed affirmation. I needed endorsement. But I could not find it from no one. I could only find it from the place of God. And so if you're listening to me today, you have not given your life to Christ. Maybe someone invited you to church. You're not here by accident. That cry that you've been crying, that solution you've been looking for, can only be found in God. So when I gave my life to Christ, then I started asking God, Lord, what can I do? Where am I at? And then I made up my mind, I would do my best now where I am. By that time, I was already in the second year. It was too late for me to leave the school. I managed to finish the school, but before I finished, I'd already gotten a um, um, jump to be able to leave. So I left. We lived in Ibadan. My father expected me to go to UI, but I quickly took University of Lagos. Great Akokites. I know some uh, uh, OAU people are here. You know what we used to call, you know, my brother went to Ife, we call it Great Ife High School. You know, we are the indomitable, irrepressible Akokites. That's why I used to be an Aluta, don't mind me. There's nothing, there's nothing that is normal about me. <laughs> so we went, I left the College of Education shamefully, and I got into Unilag. My first day at the gate of the school, I said to myself, whatever it is that is the best here, that is what I will make. It wasn't much out of revelation, it was much to spite and to prove a point to my father. But it was a good motivation anyway. I went in there with my struggle C6 flat school start. I got into the Unilag and I started working hard. I was focused. What I'm saying to someone is this, whatever you put in your mind to achieve, nothing can stop you. Am I talking to a woman in the house? I started doing it. By 300 levels, my course advisor called me and said, come. She was a woman. She's retired now. Professor Mrs. Lawal. And she gave me a success card. She said, look at your GPA. The next person to you in class is almost like 7.7 .7 below you. I graduated really like best graduating student. 
of my set. I narrowly missed the first class. And that was because by my 300 level, when they showed me the, the GPA, I joined Student Union. I felt, Kilotuku. And that went on. It was easy for me to move on. Focus on who you are. Don't try to be someone else. And it doesn't matter what they have said about you. Whatever you decide about yourself, God will agree with you. Number three, run your own race. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. But when God who sent me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. Whereas Paul was called to preach to the Gentiles, Peter was called to preach to the Jews. Run your race. Don't try to be like someone else. Just pattern your life after your own experiences. Then I realized years after that so many women have been put down and put under by different circumstances. So maybe that's how God took me through that experience. I'm saying this to tell you something. Everything you're going through is for a purpose. That you may be able to comfort others by the comfort that you will receive from the Holy Spirit. So when women come to me and they say they're going through hard times and difficult times, I say, how hard can it be? How can you be in your own father's house? When my father turned 80, I told all the brothers, let's go celebrate him. Say, hey, they were too busy. I single-handedly celebrated my father's 80th birthday. And my father said, and wrote it in his will, he said to my own daughter, for what you did to me that I've already told you about. He gave, I don't want to get, give you the fraction of his will to me exclusively, and he wrote it down. The same girl that did not, he did not allow to go to school. He gave me 150 naira in three years. My grandfather gave me 10 naira every Sunday. I could have felt rejected, unloved, unaccepted. And that would have pushed me to men. But God saved me early. I don't even know if you have been pushed to men. You've had to trade with yourself and all that. God is calling you back. There were women in Luke chapter 8. There were these women that ministered to Jesus of their substance. Among them was Susan and also was Mary Magdalene. You don't want to know the story of those people. But God called them and they sat at the feet of Jesus. Wherever you are now, come and sit at the feet of Jesus. If you sin, sin no more. There is no justification for sin. There is no excuse for it. So whatever mistake you have made, God has not condemned you. I also have not condemned you. But I'm saying, as long as you keep walking in sin, God cannot walk with you. Shall we continue in sin and express grace to Abraham to Fiakwa? It doesn't work that way. They don't coexist. So we have to do what is right. Can I hear amen? amen? Number four, trust yourself. Be confident. Psalm 27 verse 3. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. I'm particularly saying to you when you're going through hard times, are you walking in a place and the boss says, until I sleep with you, I will not promote you? Be confident. Even if they have to sack you, don't be rude. Package yourself. Everything that is working will become ingredient in your next level. It is important for you to know that. Be confident. I know in whom I believe and I'm fully persuaded. I know. Psalm 27, okay, verse um, 3. It says, 
I remain confident in this. I will see the verse 13, sorry. I will see the goodness of the, of, of the Lord in the land of the living. I, this is my confidence. And that's how I compose myself. That's what I know. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. People believe I have so much faith. No, I just believe what the word of God says and I try not to hear any other thing. As he said it, he will make it come to pass. I have three children and each one of them has taken us through different directions. The first time my daughter said, okay, we wanted her to go to do her A-levels in Nigeria and then go. She was like, why should I do that? She made an argument and I felt, okay, we agree she should go. It was not like we had the money in the account, but we felt peace for her to go. And she went and we were able to conquer it. And we thought that was good. And then the second one came and said, I don't want to go to school in England. I want to go to the US. We thought because pounds was lower than, I mean, dollar was lower than Naira, that the US school was going to be cheaper. It was a lie. It was a setup. It was actually about two and a half times more. Then by 2000, and, um, when did they change the dollar rate? The thing moved up. And then the last one had gone in. But even when the dollar got up to 500, we were confident at what God could do. And today, I will be calling you for a party. Sometimes next year. You know what the name of the party is? No more school fees. We did not start because we were comparing with what they were doing. We started because we were convinced about what we should do. And every step of the way, God took us step by step. And today, God has made it all possible. When God is the one leading you, when God is the one directing you, He supports you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And He makes provision for everything. Even with the school, with the education of the children. Mothers, you are great. You don't need to have, I mean, been to Harvard, you know, Cambridge. And know, when my children were in primary school, even with a lesson teacher, I would take 16 subjects. And I found out I would read them and be able to, you know, answer the questions and tell them and, you know, help them through school. Those things are not wasted. Don't think that it is trivial, even if nobody gives you a laurel for it. Today, my children are so brilliant. My daughter just finished her master's from Cambridge. God made it possible, even with my CC, 4C6 and 3P7s. I will still help them with their assignments, even the ones studying engineering. Tell your neighbor all things are possible. Because I'm more knowledgeable than all their teachers, according to Psalm 119. Number five, network. Network, women learn to network. Don't use your network only for Ashwabi. I like purple. Hmm? But use your network much beyond that. We have the capacity to make things work. In Luke chapter 5, when Peter, them, when they had gotten all the fish, they signaled to their friends. Use your space for something productive. 
Use your ability to multitask to your advantage. I say this to all women that are in the house. If you are in the house and you don't have control over the finances of the house, you need to take care of your life because anything can happen. I'm counseling someone right now. The husband has just been laid off. And the woman is shouting and screaming. I said, what are you shouting for? Say, ah, what are you going to do now? I said, what about you? What are you going to do? You must be able to, remember First Thessalonians chapter 4, walk with your hands so that your life can gain the admiration of others. And men, know that when your wife is working, she has self-confidence and she's also able to contribute meaningfully to the bottom line in the house. So it's important. It's important. And it's important for you to save and have a culture of investment. Don't just use all the money, Monday to Friday, on clothes, they're nice, but you can manage it. There's a way they're managing it. The mere fact that I'm carrying Gucci does not mean it is Gucci. It may, it may, be, it may be Goose. Because you want to become like them at the expense of your future. We never grown to pay our children's school fees. We planned for it. We never begged, we never borrowed, we never went to raise an offering. So please, don't eat your seed. Plan. Okay? So network. Use your network to your advantage. Number six, love what you do. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lacking in zeal. I love what I do. When I go to preach, I don't look at your faces. You see, I'm short-sighted. So, I don't see you. I don't need my glasses to read. I need my glasses to do what? See you. So as a matter of rule, when I'm preaching, I take off my glasses. I don't care how you look at me. I would deliver my point and love what you do. Love yourself. I'm not slim. So I tell myself I am limited edition food option. Some people may be Adbani Dracula. I don't care. God made me heavily packaged for a man who doesn't want to look for me on the bed. So that when he does like this, bah, the hand will touch full option. Love yourself. Are you busty? Go and look for good bravissimo bag. Package. Talk in your stomach. Square your shoulders and walk. When I started out as a consultant, I didn't have money. I remember that I was training UBE executives. It is. And I came out and there was no car. How can the consultant come out and there is no car? I said, Kasali, Kasali, where is this driver? What? What is the meaning of this? They said, Madam, Madam, ha. I said, I don't even understand this driver. They said, can we give you a ride? I said, no. Don't worry. Don't worry. We had one car. We called the name of the car, Kakuri. <laughs> that car, you have to speak to it before it can walk. <laughs> 
Makuri, Makakuri. Before you close the door, you have to go like this. Before the door can close. I am not sympathetic of your adversity. Today, I still leverage on those experiences. So, I will now be wondering, what should I do? Should Mazam bring Kakuri to take me? Should I stick to my story of Kasali? And I will weigh the two options. And I think the Kasali story is better. And there were no Ubers. There were no taxifies. So I said, don't worry. I'm sure it will come. There were also no mobile phones. So there is no way to verify my claims. Somebody said packaging. So, they will all go. Then I will look to the right, to the left. When they have got Mahmoud and Formula Judozi. The following day, I will still wear my bend down, package myself, and still go and teach them. Gradually and gradually, I was making the money small by small. Despite not the days of little beginning. God is using it. So you are despising the opportunity that God is using to teach you. God was teaching me delayed gratification. He was teaching me the law of compounding. How to use every little opportunity to my advantage. And I was able to. So when the first time I made a million naira, I did not quickly go and start buying uh, all the things that I was deprived of. So the first time I made a million dollars, I was already contented with life. And I did not have to impress anybody. Don't live to impress. Be happy with what you're doing. Package yourself and present yourself well. When Pharaoh called for Joseph, the typical Jew does not shave. A typical Egyptian is always shaven. He cleaned out the beds. Dressed for the occasion. When they call you to a party and they say, well, lilac and purple, and you have only green and uh, mint yellow or whatever, or cockroach brown, call it any name, empty and yellow, wear it and walk as if you are the most important. The only thing that is necessary in a party is not the color, is the invitation card. Many of you, you go to pastor, they didn't invite you to. Why? When you do well, they will seek you out. They will be the ones to come and look for you. Let me say something to the men before I run. Any man that does not know the place of a woman, Hmm? will suffer. And I'm saying this to let you know. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. Give me five minutes and we'll be out of here. Genesis 2 18. What did the Bible say there? It is not good for a man to be I will make for him what? A help a help meet. A helper suitable. That help that helper is not your house help. That word is the Hebrew word Ezra. It was used 21 times in the Bible. How many times? That 21 times. It was used three times to refer to the nations that came to help Israel. It was used 16 times 
to refer to God. And it was used two times to refer to woman. If that word is used to refer to God, remember when, um, you know, how many people have had the name Ebenezer? Eben Ezer. Eben means rock. Ezer, savior. When God said it is not good for a man to be alone, what he's saying is, I put for you a savior, a support, a standby, a protector. Then he said, help mate. That mate means the one that starts, stands opposite of. Your wife is supposed to be the one standing opposite of you like a mirror who sees your back that you cannot see. Protecting you from predators and everybody that is against your life. So when you do not recognize that, you treat your wife as trash, under, you do not know. You do not know. Many people would have been better than where they are if only they had understood that they are trash, their help, and their support. So I'm saying to men today, if you have ever hurt, offended, wounded, maligned, subdued your wife, call her today. You know, and women are so easy to entreat. Ah, what a woman wants is what the man has to say. Just look the woman right in the eyes. Eh? And say, I don't know how they toast these days. In my own days. Ah. You say, you are the one that makes my heart Paulina, Paulina. <laughs> you understand? You are the tube of my tire. The saucer of my tea. You know? Those are the kind of things we say. We, and then we say, roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, but none is as good as you. But if you marry a local woman like me, ah, Mazal say Abeniogo. Ah, Abenikemku. Ah! Why she calls me like that? My head will just go like this. Then when he wants to finish, when he jumps in the coffer. When you say that, it resets my computer. I will just melt like a child. You must know the language that can touch your wife. You understand what I'm saying? A woman doesn't need too much. Just look at her, close in the eyes. And then you change all the songs they sing in church. They hold me, 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 me close. Let your love surround. Oh, the woman will just, we want attention. That's why we have been knocking you all over the place. Don't you know? If you want your wife to walk from 6 a.m. to 12 midnight, tell her six things that she likes in a day. You'll be shocked. As she's dying, she'll be still be walking. She'll still be walking. Because a woman is entreated by what she you are going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. What have you done? I beg. So Men, love your wives. Help them to help you. Is there any man sitting beside you? Tell that man you need your wife. You know. <laughs> you have to protect them. Protect them from your mother. Hmm? Protect your wife from who? Your mother. 
Because you have revelation. I'm not saying choose. I'm saying protect them. Number seven, hold yourself with grace. Second Thessalonians chapter two. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and work. Encourage yourself. God loves you. I believe it's a time and the season for the church and things are about to change. It's time for us as the body of Christ to stand up and stand out. I know Nigeria is going through a very hard time, but we've never had this this good that the number two citizen of this nation is a pastor. I'm not saying he's a believer. He's a pastor. I think there's something going on. I think God is saying to us, my signature is upon Nigeria and I'm looking for men and women to use. Has he found someone in Grace Assembly? Forget about it. The reason you are not so rich is because you have been comparing your small wealth with the wealth of the other person. Forget about their own money. God can give you ten times what you have now. They that compare themselves with themselves are not wise. I don't compare myself with other people. I compare my today with my past. And I use it to set my goal for the future. Uh, I will say one more. Embrace imperfect moments. Embrace imperfect. I'm very strong on parenting. I'm very particular. Someone asked me, said, how did all your children turn out well? I said, it's God. But of course, it's an understanding of the word of God. In, in one of my books, I talked about the life of um, Jonathan Edward and, um, and uh, Max Dukes. Two of them were born at the same time. And how you can see the, the president of Pristine, the Supreme Court judges in America, all came from the lineage of Jonathan Edward. How? Having 11 children, how did he raise them? And how Max Dukes, you have generations after him in prison, assassined, and different things. Two parents, what did they do differently? You can find that. I'm strong on family because I believe that the best place to raise the president, to raise the next world billionaire is in the home. What you say to your children, how you comport them, how you fashion them, it's all in the home. You are the best teacher, even if you did not go to school, even if you do not have a first degree. You are the best teacher because you know what to put together. You are co-creator with God. One of the, oh, I say one of these. <laughs> if I tell you the story of David, you will know how David came on the throne. David was left out by his father. He was raised by his mother. And that made all the difference. Solomon only became a king because of his mother. So you have such power in your hands, women. And I want you men to know that all the things you're laboring for, if you let your wife, if you respect your wife, and you know you let her know that you trust her. She would make good use of it to your own advantage. Men don't know what they need until when they're old. That's when you need your wife and your children. May the Lord help you. The last point, embrace imperfect moments. Philippians chapter 4 verse 12. I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in every, in any and every situation. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With quotes, I can do all things, but we don't read the one before it. There is no one that God has made that did not go through a hard time. There is no one that God has made that did not go through a season of contradiction. There is no one that is made today that does not have a story on a shame. Although the fig tree does not bud or does not blossom, you have to learn not to see the wind, not to see the rain, but to see your valley being filled. You have to learn to wait on God in the time when you do not have explanation for what is happening to you. You have to learn to trust him when it doesn't make sense. Those are the people that God wants to use. When he says he trains our fingers to fight so that your ball still is broken. He's not talking about Nintendo Wii. He takes you through war situations and out of it you come because God cannot use a vessel that he has not tested. He cannot use a vessel that he cannot prove. Many of you are still there because God cannot trust you. The small money they gave you, you have changed the way you are walking. So he cannot trust you with the true riches. But God wants to release the riches to the church. Is there somebody ready for it? In one minute we're going to pray. In one minute we're going to pray. So to live an empowered life, to remove limits, you have to open up yourself to possibilities. You have to learn, you have to educate yourself if something is missing. You have to love what you do. You have to use the power of networking. The church is a great network. Don't be a cancer in the church. Don't defraud people in the church. Don't take advantage. The Bible calls them poison in our love feast. Don't be a poison in the love feast of the people. If we come together, we are able to achieve more than outside. And the Lord will bless us. I want to pray for all, me, all women. You can stand if you're a woman. You can stand if you're a woman today. It's our day, right? I want to pray the prayer that will make you to become the Jael of your time. The Deborah of your time. Maybe there are some people that have been wounded and abused like Beersheba. You can still crown the next king. I want to pray for you that the Lord himself will take you by the hand and lift you up. That the Lord will turn your shame and your pain into glory. That the Lord will put a platform under your feet and will promote you. That the Lord will elevate you. That the Lord will heal your hurts. That the Lord will increase and enlarge you greatly. In the name of Jesus. The Lord himself will wipe your tears and give you a reason to sing again. In the name of Jesus. A woman here tonight will see a vision in the night and know what to do from that painful situation in the name of Jesus. I pray increase for you. Enlargement. Favor. Expansion. Promotion. In the name of Jesus. In your life you will no longer sorrow. You will not lack anymore. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will send help to you. He will send favor to you from Zion. In the name of Jesus. Your husband will rise up and call you blessed. Your children also. Every heart cry over your children. The Lord will answer your prayers. In the name of Jesus. Your desire over your husband. The Lord will exceed your expectation. In the name of Jesus. The Lord will provide for you. In the name of Jesus. We bless our husbands. We bless our sons. We bless our men. They will be men of God indeed. 
the fear of God will rule their hearts. In the name of Jesus. They will not hear the voice of hirelings. In the name of Jesus. They will be true representations of Christ. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. And all the people shall be gay man.